A toast to the hunters from your friends at Grain Belt. May the mornings be clear and the fresh air be crisp. May you find solace in the silence. May the stillness settle your soul. May your long shot stay true. May your heart roam free. May you find what you seek in the fields you stock. May your call to the wild be answered. And at the end of the day, may you share in the thrill of the hunt with your friends. So here's to the eight pointers and the 12 ounces. Here's to you and to your thirst for adventure. Bring Grain Belt to the outdoors with our limited edition premium hunting season pack. This season, enter to win a hunting trip for two to Brown's Hunting Lodge, wherever you can find premium 12 and 24 pack cans. For more information, visit our website at grainbelt.com forward slash hunting dash trip. Fall is a season of passion and acute outdoor sensations. You know, a chill fills the air. Trees dress in sudden blaze orange and autumn ambers. I live for the crackle of a wood stove fire. The time of year when I pack the truck to hunt. My favorite shotguns, my old canvas vest, and plenty of red shotgun shells. I am an upland hunter, and I am also a storyteller. Those two collide every fall and lead me to adventures in both the woods and on the prairie. It's time to go bird hunting. The places bird hunts take you. (laughs) Mine is sort of a season of chapters, often starting in September, kind of tucked in along a yet-to-be-harvested field as doves pass by. Normally, hot, late summer weather cooks us. The next chapter, endless prairies in search of sharp-tailed grouse and maybe a few Hungarian partridge, so often over in North Dakota or even Montana. Meanwhile, back home, I just want to walk the woods as temperatures start to drop and fall leaves crunch under my leather boots. You know, I'm looking for those well-camouflaged grouse and woodcock. They hide so well until a good pointing dog smells them out. The stirring sound of the flush and the sweet smell of freshly spent shotgun shells. All these lead to an October opener almost like a holiday, my quest for wild pheasants in native wild prairie habitat, my fall chapters, and all my favorites. Hey, everybody, Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. Welcome to the Minnesota Bound podcast, the stories behind the stories. And yes, it is that time of year. Summer is still here, but any day now, things are going to change. I'm getting ready to pack the truck. I am just days away from my first fall hunt, and it is an exciting time of the season for me. You know, in many ways, fall, I make up for lost time. I get asked all the time. I did not grow up hunting birds. I'm colorblind. A lot of people don't know this, but as a young guy um, trying to duck hunt with friends, It was pretty overwhelming to me. I couldn't figure the birds out. I never wanted to do the wrong thing. So I stayed away from hunting ducks because I couldn't see them as well as I thought I should. But for about the last 20 years, I've been uh, what you'd call a diehard upland hunter. And uh, boy, has it become one of my favorite things on the planet. I think for me, part of it is about the gear. All the stuff, right? The collecting, especially the guns. Every firearm 
has a story. It has a history, right? I've got my grandfather's shotguns. Don't really use them. They just sit in the gun safe. But I look at them. I know there are stories. I wish I knew all of them. I've got the current stuff I use. You know, for our television shows, often we have to deal with the firearms that our sponsors offer. We're lucky enough to have both Benelli and Franke as sponsors of our Upland show. So I have access to these wonderful shotguns um, that I've kind of fallen in love with. I also have this little sickness created by Randy and Jerry Havel, hunting mentors of mine. They come from a grouse and woodcock camp up in north central Minnesota, and they're into Parker shotguns. These old school guns that were very simple and American made side by side. They always joke about the over and under and say, God gave us eyes side by side, not on top of each other. Those are the kinds of guns we shoot. So I have a small collection of Parkers now. The other thing for me is what I wear, right? The same old canvas vest. I've got chaps. And the more torn up they get year after year, the more they start to feel like mine. I'm also funny about my gloves. I have these old, completely worn out, thin leather gloves. I never want them to look new and fresh. I just want them wrinkled and worn and bloody. They're the gloves I use when I hunt birds. And I think the other thing that I'm very sentimental about, and maybe it's strange, but it's my boots. I was always a Red Wing guy, right? Growing up in Minnesota, Red Wing is synonymous with who we are and the heritage of, you know, those real McCoy boots. But recently I've fallen in love with Thoroughgoods, which are made over in Wisconsin. And Thoroughgood has been around longer than most of the companies in the United States. They've been around longer than the Ford Motor Company. It's crazy. So I love Thoroughgood boots now. It's kind of funny, but yeah, it's time to uh, get all that gear together, drop it all into my favorite hunting bin, throw it in the back of the pickup truck, and go. Now, another question I get asked this time of year is, what about my dogs? Well, I'm kind of funny, right? I host upland hunting shows, but I don't keep a dog. And there's a reason for that, right? I'm married, my wife. And one of my two sons, they are very allergic to dogs. So as a rule of thumb, the shirks don't keep one. The other reason that works out for me is the way I gather my hunting stories. It's not about me. It's not about my stuff. It's about the people we go to see. I want to meet their dogs. I want to experience their passion and their hunt. So I really make a point to highlight the dogs during the stories. Um, and I hope that makes sense to people. This fall is going to be a busy one for me and the bird fields. And I'm really, really excited. You know, I am days away from heading to Bowman, North Dakota, a solid nine and a half hour drive from the Twin Cities here in Minnesota going straight west, going to stay at a place called the Logging Camp Ranch with North Dakota's cowboy, a guy by the name of John Hansen. 
My good friend Dan Bailey is coming over from Montana. He is bringing his three hunting dogs, pointers, and we're going to go and we're going to chase sharp-tailed grouse out on the North Dakota prairies, kind of the endless grasslands. Can't wait. The other part of that hunt that's so exciting for me, a little bird called a Hungarian partridge. You know, in the fly fishing world, fly tires absolutely want the capes of Hungarian partridge. I don't tie much with them, but I'm pretty excited to see a couple coveys of those guys pop up into the sky. The other thing we're going to do there, and this is going to sound weird to you, but there's a little town called Marmarth. It is North Dakota's ghost town. If you look online at the pictures of Marmarth, there are these historic buildings that look perfectly preserved and just nobody around. So maybe after uh, a cocktail or two at the end of the hunting day, we're going to wander into Marmarth and wander around and see what we see as the sun sets. Should be a good shoot. Then I get home and hop on an airplane to Presque Isle, Maine. We are going to Ashland, Maine to hunt grouse and woodcock, one of my favorite spots to be during the fall. There's something up there called the North, the, the big North Maine woods. It's like three and a half million acres of lumbering territory, but it is all open to public hunting. I have yet to discover this, but the way they describe it, they're like gates on all the gravel roads. And what happens is you show up and you pay a little bit to get in. And once you're in, you're good to go. You can camp, you can hunt, you can explore. So we're going to go experience um, the Northwoods in Maine. Cannot wait. Rumors we might be calling in a moose while we're there as well. Then it's back home to the Minnesota Prairies. The Shirk Boys, they're getting old enough where they are starting to figure out their passion for pheasant hunting. So after the mid-October opener, we're going to get out and do some of that and maybe walk a field or two. Just can't wait. Something I want to talk about coming up, a few of the questions I've received about my hunts this year. My favorite spots to be, my biggest adventure, the worst weather. I'll talk about it in just a second. But first, I want to thank a few of the sponsors that helped make the Minnesota Bound podcast happen. Up first, a big shout out to our friends at Connecticut. You know how much the Shirk family loves Connecticut water. We have it in our home, and now we've added it to our cabin. And oh, what a difference it makes. You see, for as long as I can remember, we've dealt with cabin water, stinky, foul well water. After a painless four-hour installation, we now have Connecticut soft water and Connecticut's K5 drinking system. No more bottled water to try and make coffee in the morning. Great drinking water right out of the K5 tap. Our laundry no longer smells funny, and Connecticut water cleaned up our showers and also the dishes in the kitchen. The world's most efficient, worry-free water system. Visit Connecticut.com to find a dealer near you and join the Connecticut family. Also, we'd like to thank the Minnesota Propane Association. Did you know that a propane gas furnace lifespan averages 20 years while electric heat pumps only last about 14 years? 
And propane furnaces work in all temperatures while delivering warm and consistent heat in your home. Why buy two heating systems when propane furnace can do it all? Lasts longer, works better, and costs less. These things and more are being done today with propane. The right energy, right now. Hey there, I'm Bill Shirk, the man about the woods, and I have a suggestion for you. Come visit historic Fort Snelling, Minnesota's first National Historic Landmark, a place where waters, people, and ideas have come together for thousands of years. You can hear many stories told by many voices and learn more about how lives and history intersect in ways that are both stirring, also powerful, complex, and still relevant today. Whether revisiting your favorite parts of history or learning something new, it's waiting for you at Historic Fort Snelling. Learn more at mnhs.org slash Fort Snelling. So at Ron Chair Productions, we wear many hats. Um, my main job is to report and produce for our television show, Minnesota Bound. But we actually have a bunch of different programs. And another series we put on the air is called The Flush. It is an upland hunting show that is broadcast nationally. And we have another version of that called Rooster Tales, which airs regionally here throughout the Midwest. And those are both shows that I produce and report for. Um, and so we get a lot of questions from the bird hunters. The bird hunting crowd is a very, very passionate crowd. And not just during the fall hunting season, but year round. And I get asked all the time, what is your favorite bird to hunt? You know, my answer is really the next one because I appreciate all the hunts, but I've always been a camping guy, right? I've talked about it in the podcast and in the past, and we've talked about different ways to camp and the gear and all that fun stuff, but I love going to a bird camp and setting up the tents, cooking in camp, sleeping outdoors, just enjoying bird hunting with a camp as a home base. And if I had one place to pick, I would choose the grouse woods. I don't know. Maybe it's the time of year because we tend to get to them um, before the snow flies. A lot of times before even the fall leaves are down. I like hunting grouse early um, just because. So I love it in camp. But because of those shows, we've been lucky enough to chase species all over the continent. And so I always get asked, biggest adventure. No doubt it has to be Hell's Canyon. We were able to go up the Snake River in jet boats um, and hunt upland birds. There it's Hungarian partridge on the flats along the river. And then the mountains, you literally climb 2,000 feet up to find chuckers up on top. That hunt, I burned through a pair of red wing boots brand new in two days because you are hiking, you know, the sides of a mountain and it's that sharp shale, almost like broken glass type rock going straight up. Also, you can try and chase a little wild bird chuckers, which um, were native, not here in the United States, but to regions like Afghanistan um, living in the mountains and eventually uh, ended up in the United States. 
what was crazy about that hunt in Hell's Canyon, I can remember being up top with photojournalist Aaron Ochtenberg. Both absolutely spent. The river's just a little string in the canyon below us. And we looked out, and there were airplanes flying. And they were below us. That's how high we had climbed to chase birds. Uh, a real task, but a real wonderful moment, too. And I just have great memories of that hunt. And yes, we were able to finally find a couple of chuckers to bring to hand. Pretty fun stuff. Worst weather? <laughs> I have to think about that one a little bit because living here in Minnesota and hunting birds till the end of the season, you tend to run into some pretty rough winter weather. But I think back to a December day where we decided to hunt late season pheasants. We had just been through a big snowstorm, so we had probably a foot or 16 inches of snow on the ground. And we went out at 28 below zero in the wind. And we hiked a field um, that wasn't trampled down. It was fresh, deep, sort of powdery snow in the wind. So we had to hunt in snowshoes, which snowshoes are amazing if you're moving forwards. But they don't do well backwards, and they don't even do fairly well sideways. And if you've ever hunted a pheasant, they never get up right in front of you. They're behind you. They're to the side. So between that and the wind burn and the frostbite with Anthony Hauk and, again, photojournalist Aaron Ochtenberg, who, by the way, back at that time, our cameras were much heavier and much larger so he's carrying like this, I don't know, 18-pound camera on his shoulder in this brutally cold weather. Keep in mind, the hand is sticking up in the air holding the camera on the shoulder. So all the blood drains out of his hand. Um, yeah, it was quite a day. One we won't forget anytime soon. But those are the adventures. Those are the memories we make. And that is one of the reasons I love bird hunting. All right. Coming up, one last bit to get you ready for the bird hunting season. My list of must-have gear. But first, I want to thank a few of the sponsors that helped make the Minnesota Bound podcast happen. Up first, North Dakota Tourism. It's time to plan your fall hunt in North Dakota. Get this, with an estimated 3.4 million breeding ducks, North Dakota Central Region is prime habitat for hunting waterfowl. In fact, right now, the state's breeding duck index sits 38% above the long-term average. And the water's up, too. The spring water index is up 616% over 2021. That's a good thing. Now, when you consider that North Dakota has approximately 700,000 acres of private land open to public walk-in hunting, guess what? You've got an outdoor oasis. For the latest information about public hunting lands and private land open to sportsmen and women, visit North Dakota Game and Fish Department. Bag your limit this fall in North Dakota. Visit LegendaryND.com. Also, a shout-out to Hewitt Docks. 
Hewitt Docks, Lifts, and Pond Two Legs began in a small south-central Minnesota town with a mission to make dock install and removal easier by inventing the Rolla Dock. Well, now the company has evolved to provide everything you might need to improve your lake time. In addition to the classic Rolla Dock or the new Ultra Dock system, Hewitt offers all-terrain staircases, gangways, canopies, and lifts, along with any accessory you might need. Celebrate 50 years of business with us. Go to HewittRad.com to enter for a chance to win a free dock and monthly prizes. Hewitt Docks, lifts, and pontoon legs. Work hard, play harder. You deserve a Hewitt. And a thank you to our friends at Star Bank. Hi there, Ron Shera here for Star Bank. If you're putting your money into mega banks down the street, who knows where that money's being used? Bank locally. Keep your money local with a community bank that actually cares about you, your family, your business, and your goals. Check out the bank we use at Minnesota Bound. Try Minnesota's own Star Bank. You can find them online at starbank.net. When you call Star Bank, you actually hear a real living person answering the phone. StarBank has 10 convenient locations around Minnesota to serve you and all the mobile banking products that you need to manage your money. Check out all that StarBank has to offer at StarBank.net. So the upland hunting season is just about upon us. And I have a list of must-haves for all my hunts. Obviously, they're obvious things, right? The gear and the guns and all that stuff. But there are a few things that... I make sure to have along on every single hunt, and for good reason, too. Up first for me is good hearing protection. I use little sound gear earbuds um, that just pop into my ears. I put a battery in them. And what that technology does, and there are lots of companies offering it now, is it magnifies weak sounds or faint sounds. Um, So I love them for things like turkey hunting because I'm allowed able to hear a lot more, but the shotgun blast, the technology instantly quiets and uh, protects my hearing. You know, I am around so many lifelong hunters who have never worn hearing protection and they will all tell you the same thing that they are kind of like legally deaf. It has an impact and the sound pros will tell you it takes a single shotgun blast to impact your hearing. So just think about hearing protection. Even if it's little 50 cent foam plugs that you just pop in, it might seem like a pain, but it's worth it. It's a little bit like wearing a life jacket when you're in the fishing boat. Also on my list is what I call my vest kit. The things I keep in my hunting vest. If I think about turkey season in the spring, my hunting vest is packed to the gills with little gadgets and this and that, and everything's got to roll. But my fall hunting vest is a little bit the same. And it's because we leave the trucks and sometimes we'll hike, what, three, four, five, six, even eight miles on a single hunt where you get yourself out. I can remember being in Montana one time and we left the trucks and we knew we had weather coming. It was like 50 degrees when we left the truck. Within an hour, the wind was blowing, the temperature was dropping, it started to rain. Within 15 minutes, that rain turned to sleet. Another 15 minutes after that, it was heavy snow, heavy wind, and we were in darn near whiteout conditions. 
that's why I keep a vest um, with all kinds of stuff in it. A first, a first aid kit. I always have a first aid kit. And of course, people with dogs do the same. It's good to just have a simple kit to take care of any accidents or unforeseens that happen in the field. Also, I keep an old school compass with me, the grouse woods. You start following a dog or start following a trail and you make a lot more distance than you think you might. Just having a compass as a safety backup is not just a good thing to do. It's a prudent thing. I'm not talking about technology. I'm not talking about cell phones, an old school compass. Just throw them in your vest. I always keep snacks with me. Also, fire, whether it's waterproof matches or a small striker to spark a fire, keep that with you. You just never know what can happen. A twisted ankle off the grid or something even worse, and you are down, fire can make all the difference. Also a knife. I keep a knife with me. Good for field repairs and also good for those unexpected moments. The next one, you may giggle a little bit, but uh, the first time you need it, you won't ever forget it a second time. Teepee, toilet paper. Keep it with you. I keep it in the boat. I keep it in all my hunting vests. I keep in the truck. It's just a good thing to have along with you. And finally, I always keep a little bit of water with me. Even if I'm going to do a short hike and weather is moderate, always stay hydrated. When you get thirsty, that's too late. Just keep drinking your water. Um, a simple kit, right? I want to make sure that you have a great hunting season this year. It's time for me to get out of here. I need to actually start packing the truck because that North Dakota hunt is calling. Do me a favor. If you have a favorite that goes in your vest kit, I want you to drop me a line here at the Minnesota Mound podcast. I want to share any other great pieces of advice you have. Also, if you have a favorite hunting memory, drop me a line. I'd like to hear about it. I'm Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. Thanks for listening today to the Minnesota Mound podcast, the stories behind the stories. I'd like to thank all the great sponsors that make our episodes happen. First off, brought to you by Connecticut Water Treatment Systems. Also, the Minnesota Historical Society. Grain Belt Premium. The Minnesota Propane Association. Star Bank. Hewitt Docks. And North Dakota Tourism. It's time to hunt. Until next week. Don't forget to introduce a kid to the great outdoors. Mm-hmm.